Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Off the Pace Podcast. Uh, as always, uh, Nick and George here. That's me. That's me. Yeah. Well, I, I I caught myself. I was gonna pause. I was like, oh shit! I said Nick's name. I was like, oh, no, I gotta say my name. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Uh, we had a great weekend of racing. A uh, lot of news out there. Uh, a great weekend. A great weekend. Yeah. Uh, we had the IndyCar season opener uh, in St. Petersburg. Uh, we had an awesome race uh, at Fontana with NASCAR. Um, some Formula One news. Um, lots to get into. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we're just going to su- yeah, start off with the first race on Sunday, which was the St. Petersburg Grand Prix. Um, great oh, way that, for... That was, that was good pronunciation. Yeah, that's, well, that's how you're supposed to say it. Okay. I always laugh at everybody. I, I just always laugh at everybody. The Grand Prix. Them. I, I laugh at everybody like on TikTok. Like you can tell, like American people who are used to like only watching like NASCAR, IndyCar, and then like I've only picked up on it because like I've started watching Formula One. But like the people, especially in America, they're like, "Oh, the Grand Prix." It's like that's not oh, that is not what the fuck that is called. <laughs> Please don't ever call it that. Yeah. See, I definitely like I, I got the pre down. That that part's definitely good. Yeah. I do I do say Grand a lot, and then after I say it. I'm yeah, I, I mean, I still do it from time to time, but like, <laughs> it, it's 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 really funny because Lee Diffie is the you know the NBC anchor for uh, IndyCar, and he he has that English accent, Grand Prix. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. he, I love him. Like he's a great announcer, but it's just always so funny. <laughs> like he, he, you can tell he just has that regalness behind the the Grand oh, Prix yeah. name. Anyway, uh, we're getting sidetracked as always. always. Uh, but yeah, so we had Scott McLaughlin uh, winning his first ever pole. Um, Again, I I said it in the season preview. I think he's gonna be somebody to watch out for this year. Um, yeah, he landed pole would lead them to the start. Uh, on the start, Will Power uh, would spin his wheels. He started on the black tires. Everybody else in the top ten, I believe, started on the red tires. He would start second, drop back. Uh, Herda got a great jump, and he would challenge McLaughlin <clears throat> diving into turn one. Somehow they both creeped their way through there. It's always tre- or treacherous going through turn one at St. Pete because. A lot of people don't realize it's an airport runway, and so it's painted up with all the markings and stuff. And you know, we've seen so many accidents over the years. People just die bombing in there, and then they hit that paint. There's no grip on there, and they just go sliding. Um, but power would bounce back on lap 20, overtaking Herder for second. Uh, as the cars with the red tires started to fall off a little bit, and green flag pit stops run away. Yep, and on lap 25, uh, they did get a break from the fast-paced action as David Malakas took a hard hit in turn four, getting into the marbles and unable to steer out of it and went into the wall. Those marbles, they're unforgiven, man. Yeah, and they really start to build up as the, the race goes on. Um, you know, they don't get a lot of, especially when there's no cautions, you know, people aren't out there cleaning that stuff off. Uh, and if you just misjudge that, that turn by a hair, um, and you get into that stuff, you just you can't turn, and that's exactly what happened to him. He got a little wide, um, got into that stuff, and his the wheel was all the way to the right. Like, he couldn't turn it any further to the right, and the car just went straight left. Um, so, I mean, feel bad for him, but he's he's a rookie. He's going to make those mistakes. Um, it'll be nice to see how he rebounds throughout the year. Uh, it's never easy crashing out of your first race. Uh, a big name. Get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just hopefully he doesn't do it every race. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Um, Nick's favorite driver, Alexander Rossi, uh, would take the lead on the pit stops coming out of that caution. Uh, Rossi was going with a three stop, uh, strategy, just about everybody else was trying to go two stops. Um, that's always like the most interesting aspect of any car racing to me is while there is usually a lot of action throughout the pack, 
it almost always comes down to the pit stop strategies and you know who's doing two or three stops or whatever and that's like the the race within the race that i always find super interesting and for somebody that understands the sport as much as i do like i'm just like in in the sense that i'm not somebody who was just flipping through the tv one day and saw this and goes okay i'm just gonna watch this um like that that's something i really enjoy watching is is the pit stop strategy race and you know how these geniuses basically you know behind the pit wall um can guide these cars throughout the race and tell them in the pit when they you know they can stay out things like that oh yeah down um, to the last lap and, oh, and that's yeah. like you always hear the people say oh well driving in a circle that's not very interesting i don't want to watch that and like first of all anybody that says that i know has never actually sat down and attempted to watch a race um and second of all like it there's so much more than just driving around in a circle or even just trying to be faster like you said the the um the plans they have as far as pitch strategies and uh, really everything the tires that they use it all it all affects everything and if, mm-hmm. if you're not that into racing and you just happen to be listening to this podcast give it a chance because it's it's definitely more than yeah absolutely um while everybody was pitting though we had a great race uh out off pit lane uh, mclaughlin led everybody that did pit uh, he beat willpower barely uh erickson rahal and grosjean all got together um this is Grosjean's second incident in the race where he had contact. On the very first lap, he tapped Will Power uh, with his front wing. And I, I don't understand what Erickson's crew was thinking. Ray Hall and Grosjean were already side by side, and they just released Marcus. And he goes out, doesn't think anybody's there because he was released, and just drives straight, right into the side of Ray Hall, who then drives into the side of Grosjean, who then drives into the wall. Um, nobody got any major damage, though. Uh, they were all able to continue. They all had great races. Uh, Ray Hall looked really, I mean, he wasn't up there in the top three or anything like that, but uh, he has definitely had his ups and downs the last few years. It was good to see him have consistent top 10 pace all day. Oh, um, yeah. that, that was probably the best full race that I've seen Ray Hall put together, at least since I've started watching Indy. The, the, well, the one that I think of when uh, you and I watched it was the Long Beach race uh, when Dixon went to pass him for third and he and, and he somewhat blocked him the first time they said he made a double move to block him and then they took third place away from him i don't know if you remember watching that race that was a couple do, years yeah. ago yeah yeah he that was a good one too i i wish he could have finished that out but well not that he didn't finish the race but you know what i mean yeah um but as we talked about pitch strategy being very important um it would be the name of the game in this race as mclaughlin uh, would undercut and come out ahead of palo power and herda uh palo would run down um, the leader with help from lap, tra- lap traffic. And on the last lap, he was only 0.38 seconds behind. Uh, he just couldn't find any room to get by as McLaughlin would hang on for his first career win. Uh, you you asked me before, is there anybody's name I need to know? Yeah, you, well, read, see, you read everybody else's name. You went, oh, yep, I got it. And then you go, say that again. Say his name one more time. Wait. Okay, so I think I said it right the first time. Well, now I'm confusing myself. I think I said McLaughlin the last time. but it's No, McLaughlin is fine. McLaughlin oh. is fine. That's not the name I'm concerned with. Palo? Yeah, it's Palo, not Palo. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I could have swore you just said Palo, and I didn't see his name in all fairness when no. I was going through it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just picking it. I uh, struggle with names terribly. terribly. Yeah, so uh, Power <laughs> would round out the podium in third place. Uh, Herda ended up fourth, Grosjean fifth. And an interesting little fun fact here. Um, the last three series champions of the last three years, they have all won the first race of the year as well. Um, 2019 was the first year, uh, and not the first year it's ever happened, but the, the first year in this string. In the streak, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it was New Garden. He won the first race, won the championship. Then it was Dixon winning the first race in the championship. And then last year, Pillow uh, won the first race and the championship. So we will see if that bodes well for McLaughlin. Uh, I will say, Pillow looked so good. Uh, he had a rough time qualifying. I think he qualified like 12th. And powered his way through the field, just passing everybody who you know was major championship contenders this year: Rossi, Grosjean, um, Herda, you know everybody like that. And he just went right by him, uh, all the way up to second place. So definitely hasn't lost a step since last year. He's going to be interesting to see if he can repeat again this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a great race to the finish uh, at Laguna Seca. Yes, sir. And speaking of getting their first win, we're going to talk very briefly about who we think is going to get their first win next. So tell me, George, who do you have getting their first career win? Next? See, with this going to or with the series going to Texas next, I really want to say Jimmy Johnson, just because I think seeing him on an oval in an Indy car is going to be ridiculous. Uh, I think he's going to really excel there. Uh, now, we'll, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but if he doesn't win at Texas, I'm going to say Grosjean is going to be the next one to get his first win. Uh, all last year, he had a really, you know, strong pace and not a great car. Um, and I think once we get into more of the, the road courses and street circuits, I think he's going to be up there. Um, so, yeah, I'm either going Johnson or Grosjean. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Johnson in Texas is going to be definitely somebody to watch out for. Um, it, again, if, if he doesn't win that race, I'm kind of feeling on the same page as you. Um, Grosjean has been uh, putting great races together so far this season. Like you said, um, he had some momentum from last season. Um, due to the sake of adding a little extra to the conversation, uh, if it is not Grosjean, my pick, uh, this was tough um, because there's a lot of people looking for the first win who have put some good races together. Um, but I think that if it's not Grosjean or Johnson at Texas, um, I, I think it's going to be Connor Daly. He's put some good races together. Um, last year, you know, he showed a lot of promise. Um, hopefully, he can capitalize on that and and get that win. And George jumped ahead a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, our next race, as he said, is the. So, I would just say Expel. Expel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But then I was like, oh, George will probably make fun of me. So the Expel three seventy five at Texas uh, on March twentieth. There are currently. 15 cars there uh, getting their testing in. So we will definitely see uh, how how that shapes up as we get close to the race, and we will talk about it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that race. Yeah. Um, it, it's always interesting because Texas is really a, a one-groove racetrack just because of the, the PJ1 they put down and the way they repaved it. I will honestly God, be surprised if that track stays on the schedule, you know, two to three years from now, unless they start making changes, just because it's, it's not really that safe for the cars, because like I said, it's one groove. They don't, the cars, any cars do not react well to the PJ one that they put down on the track for NASCAR to use. Um, but the restarts are super exciting because everybody tries, you know, they don't want to give up that position. So they'll stick it in there too, even three wide sometimes. Um, uh, so it does make for interesting racing. Um, and, and we've, trust, we've seen some good races there. Yeah. Trust me. There, there are drivers not stupid enough, but bold enough to to try and stick it in there two and three wide in the middle of the race, and um, and I, I will. Definitely... It's it's hair raising to watch, oh, it. yeah. and I'm I yeah. We're not in the car. We're sitting there watching it. It's hair raising to watch them do that, knowing that 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 back end can just stick out anytime. Oh, and... Yeah, I mean, we talked about Rossi in the past. Uh, I definitely, um, if able to, will be there from start to finish. Just solely, I mean, I want to watch the race in general, but solely to watch that man because when you talk about bold drivers, he's 
got to be at the very least at the top of the conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that wraps up the St. St. Petersburg Grand Prix review. Um, I'm going to switch over to NASCAR real quick. We had a, I it's one of the best races I've watched in a while from NASCAR. Um, the, the new this next was, gen this car. This was what NASCAR needed. I, I believe yeah. that I had tweeted about it. Um, but this was exactly. I mean, you had the clash, which did better than expected. Last week's race was, I, I'd say, good. Um, it's just super know. speedway racing in general. I mean, it's one of the better Daytona 500s I've watched in recent years. Yeah. Um, but just super speedway racing in general, just it, it's difficult. But the the new downfares and air, uh, horsepower package. Uh, now, granted, there definitely are some things they need to work out with the car still, like. Uh, we had flat tires, and then drivers literally have to get towed back uh, just because they literally can't drive on flat tires, and you know that's causing them to go to a couple laps down. Uh, reliability issues still are, are plaguing the cars, so it's by no means a perfect car or package already. And I don't, I really hope nobody was expecting that, but um, I, I think as the season goes on and NASCAR learns more, the drivers learn more, the crews learn more about what these cars can do and how to you know address certain issues. I'm really excited for this. Uh, it was great to see Fontana back on the schedule after taking the two-year break due to um, COVID. I, b- I believe it was one year. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, they raced in 20. So, yeah, um, didn't race there last year. I really don't want them to change this. I tweeted, I really hope to God they, they just scrapped that idea to change this track. Um, it was a great race, uh, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Austin Sindrick was continuing his hot start to the season. Uh, he landed the pole for the race after a wild weekend of practice and qualifying that saw 10 different cars spin throughout both sessions. I believe it was Ross Chastain just trashed his car, uh, spun in three and four, and just went into the wall. They had to go to a backup. Um, yeah, so you you knew right then, and everybody had said coming in, like they wanted this high horsepower, low downforce, because it makes the cars hard. It, like, it tests the driver's skills. Yeah. You know, everybody didn't want cars just riding around in packs, just hanging out, you know, all race. We wanted, you know, to see what these drivers can do, and it was really cool to see that. Um, yeah, 10 cars spinning in, in qualifying practice was, you know, crazy. I think, obviously, as the season goes on, and once these drivers understand what these cars do, um, that number is obviously going to go down. But really, really cool to see, um, nonetheless. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I think it's good to see the, the race get back into the driver's hands, basically. Um, with that being said, not everybody had a hot day. Some people uh, had a little bad luck. Kyle Busch struggled early on uh, with a poor handling car that saw him fall, fall from third to tenth, and then spin on lap fifteen. Definitely uh, not the start that that he was looking for. I'm sure. Yeah, um, rough start. I had him pick the win. Obviously, um, he had That's probably why. Yeah, he he had speed in the car, um, but yeah, just. Not not a great day for him. He did eventually bounce back a little bit. Um, not the way he would like, though. Uh, Chase Elliott looked to have a handle in stage one. Uh, he had a, a decent-sized lead uh, over the field about midway through uh, until he got into the wall in lap 33. Uh, it would force him to pit. He would bounce back, though, uh, getting up to sixth, and then he would spin out uh, on lap 38. Um, so a rough, rough couple laps there for Chase. Um, and it, it, uh, that was the, the theme of the week is cars just kept getting into the wall. They, a lot of these drivers like to run the high line um, through the turns. And if with how hard these cars are to drive, if we just step out a little bit, you know, you're, you're slapping the wall. Um, and it would not be the first time he did that in the race. But, yeah, definitely sucks when you're leading about to win the stage. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and continuing with slapping into walls, uh, Martin Truex Jr. would cause some excitement towards the end of the ra- or end of the stage as he got into the wall for turn two and caused Sindrick and Larson to stack up behind him. Sindrick made a miraculous save uh, to prevent a big accident. Obviously, that would help out later on in the race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tyler Reddick looked to have the winning car of the day. He was not, you know, pulling away by crazy margins, but he had definitely the fastest car of the day. He won stage one and two. He also led the most laps of the race. Um, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. It just would not end very well for him. Yes, and Kyle Busch back in the conversation and still not in a good way. Again, had some trouble uh, at on the 86 lap or 86 laps in. Sorry, can't read apparently. And uh, he was already four laps down, blowing his left rear tire. Uh, I I can't imagine. Um, uh, just <laughs> just terrible luck. Uh, again, this is what happens when George picks people. Yeah, or me uh, for that matter. But yeah, that's just the way she goes. Um, that is the way she goes. Yeah, this Listen, podcast I, is absolutely. <laughs> I but. I used to hate Kyle Busch with a passion, um, and then I kind of just realized like he just he's not a terrible person. He just kind of fed into the role that everybody gave him. Um, Listen, he's still not my favorite driver out there, but I definitely do respect him more. And I I I just know in his head he was just screaming every curse word under the sun <laughs> and just didn't push that mic button. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah. Just a shitty day for him. Uh, Chris Rebell took a spin on lap 91. Um, somehow, everybody was able to avoid him. Uh, spun right in the middle of the field off turn three and four. Uh, so, a lucky break there for a lot of guys. Yeah, and not so lucky, uh, which was kind of the, the theme, it seems, uh, for this race. Chris Buescher took a hard hit to bring the caution back out on lap 111 when he blew a tire going into turn one, taking him out from a 14th spot again. You know, blowing tires, uh, definitely something that is going to have to get figured out at at some point. Because, you know, while it does make for some excitement at some points, you know, it gives people a chance. You hate to see somebody having, you know, having a good race and blow a tire. And next thing you know, they're laps behind or whatever the situation may be. So hopefully that'll get figured out here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Denny Hamlin would have quite the scare on lap 116 uh, when Brad Keselowski, who's in fourth place, spun right in front of him um, and almost took him out. I, I still don't know how Denny Hamlin avoided it. Um, yeah, uh, so he had overheating issues early in the race, um, which he had to pit. That He pitted just as Christopher Bell was spinning, uh, but he was able to come in and get that taken care of uh, and bounce back. He was at 10th when that issue happened. Um, but yeah, overall lucky moment for him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He he was definitely uh, one of the luckier ones here, um, obviously. But uh, somebody who else uh, who was having some luck and then uh, went downhill. Uh, Reddick was having a great day, but that would unravel with 49 to go as he blew a right rear and went into the wall. Um, as he was making his way around the high side, William Byron would get loose at the wrong time and collide with Reddick. Uh, ultimately ending his day. Um, (laughs) A lot of people, tough ways to go out in this one, but it's definitely beginning of the season. Like you said, these people are going to learn and this racing by the end of the season, this is going to be probably the greatest racing. At least I've seen in NASCAR. I wouldn't quite say in my lifetime because early two thousands, there was, there was some good stuff, but it's definitely, it's fallen off here lately. But I I think this season come the end of it is going to be great as these drivers learn these cars and, 
and get used to him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it just sucked for Redick. You know, he was having a great day, blew the tire. It looked like he was going to be able to like limp it back around to the pits, uh, and then you know, just I was I was watching the race and I saw what Redick slow. I was like, oh, okay, like you know, he's fine. He'll limp around, and all of a sudden I look up and like half of his car is gone. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and it shit away for William Byron in his day. You know, he struggled early. He was climbing back in. I think he made it into the top ten uh, when this happened. So yeah, it just sucks for both of them. Um, but it wouldn't take long for the caution flags to fly again, as on the restart with 43 to go, coming off of turn two, Kazowski would skin it, spin again, uh, but the field wouldn't be so lucky this time, as Bubba Wallace and Harrison Burton would be caught up and taken out of the race. Uh, Harrison Burton for the second week in a row, um, just getting caught up in an accident that wasn't his fault. Uh, Austin Sindrick was also involved, but he got minor damage. He was able to keep going, uh, so he was okay. Um, I think Bubba Wallace was able to keep going as well, but he had severe damage, um, and yeah, Kislowski was out. So, again, you know, it, it, there's an exciting element to this racing, and, you know, obviously as we go on more, uh, the drivers get more adapted to these cars, but yeah, it, it sucks being taken out of races early in the season like this when stuff just isn't your fault. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Ross Chastain, who was having a great day in the sixth position, uh, spun off of turn four to bring out the 11th caution of the day. Um, again, continuing the theme of, good racers having good races and uh just not being able to finish but hopefully uh he'll be able to uh jump back from that and you know be able to have a successful season yeah um with 22 to go we had a lot of excitement um often turn four uh, alex bowman who was in seventh place went into the wall uh and then as the leaders were going down the front stretch uh kyle larson and joey logano were battling for the lead uh, Chase Elliott got a run on them and went to go high around Larson, and uh, Larson put him into the wall. Um, there's been a lot of drama with this over the past couple of days. Um, everybody's saying that Larson, you know, did it intentionally and all this other stuff. Uh, Larson's spotter has come out and said, you know, everything was his fault. Uh, he'd take 100% of the blame. I don't know if you know Elliott and Larson have any animosity towards each other going into the next week. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah. Larson's spotter said he was, you know, he was focused on the 22, didn't realize that I was coming, was talking, and at the last second, uh, they posted the audio of it. The last second, like, as Elliot's going to the outside, you just hear, outside, 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 so Larson goes to move up to protect his outside, <laughs> not realizing there's already a car on his outside. Um, so just unfortunate situation. Uh, Elliot would struggle with his car, uh, he would go a lap down, and then with nine to go, something finally broke and sent him around for the 12th caution of the day. Yes, sir. And that caution would set us up for an absolute shootout at the finish uh, with Larson, Logano, Austin Dillon, and Daniel Suarez. Uh, Suarez would surge the lead with three to go off a great push from Eric Jones. But coming out of turn four, Larson had just too strong of a run and got back by him. Larson would end up holding on for the win, and Justin Haley would take a wild spin on the last lap, hitting the inside wall, uh, but no caution would come out. So Austin Dillon ended up finishing second. Third was Eric Jones. Fourth was Daniel Suarez. And rounding out the top five was Joey Logano. Yeah, it was, it was really cool seeing that race to the finish. Um, nobody was able to just drive away from anybody. Um, yeah, Suarez got that surge. I really wish he would have taken the high line in the three and four. Um, but he didn't. And I feel really bad for him. But I, I know he's going to win a race this year. I'm really excited to see it. Uh, you know, he's been kind of just tossed around teams ever since he made it uh, to the, the top tier here. Uh, you know, he won the, the Xfinity Championship with Gibbs. 
uh, gets promoted uh, once Carl Edwards retires and then has just never really found the right situation, just been tossed around. Um, so I'm really excited that he's somewhere and he's succeeding as well as he is. You know, I almost won the Bristol Dirt Race last year. Um, almost wins this race. I, you know, his his race is coming. His time is coming. I'm really excited for that. And it was really cool to see Eric Jones run as well as he did all weekend. Um, you know, again, somebody gets thrown to the wayside by Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, didn't have a, a outstanding year last year. Uh, you know, Richard Petty Motorsports, is, especially the last few years, has never been you know stellar or anything like that. Uh, so to see him run as well as he did. Uh, on Sunday was really good to see. Uh, so overall, I'm excited for this year. There's been a lot of parity. And speaking of parity, uh, there has been 19 different drivers to finish in the top 10 through the first two races. That is the most since 1973. Um, you know, this is what NASCAR really wanted, and they're getting it so far. I, I think it's going to continue. I hope it continues. Um, so I'm really excited for that. The next race up uh, is the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas. Uh, Kyle Larson was the winner of this event last year. He won the spring race. Denny Hamlin won the fall race. Um, so, Nick, why don't you give me your pick? Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before the show started. Um, you know, there's a lot of drivers, honestly, that you can pick on a on a week-to-week basis. Uh, you know, this week, somebody I tweeted about, he's been having some strong races. Uh, hopefully, he can make this one um, his first one of the season. But I got Ryan Blaney. Yeah, and I think that's a solid pick. He had, you know, he had good moments and his his down moments this past weekend. He always does really well at the mile and a halfs. Um, so I think that's a solid pick. I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. Um, he showed speed at times this past week. Um, the mile and a halfs usually seem to treat him pretty well. It's either gonna be him or Kyle Larson, in my opinion. We'll have to see, uh, or if, you know, maybe we have. I, another... I wanted to go with Kyle Larson, but yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, or, you two, know, who knows? Weeks in a row, yeah, winning. It's like. Maybe we have Eric Jones up there again. You know, I, I really hope that, like I said, I really hope the parody continues. But yeah, I'm going to pick Chase Elliott this weekend. Uh, so I apologize to Chase Elliott and all of his fans uh, as he's going to probably wreck out with 10 laps into the race. Um, <laughs> but other than that, that will wrap up our episode. Uh, we're going to be back next week to go over the Pennzoil 400 uh, as the Cup Series will come back east. They're going to go to Atlanta after that. Uh, we're going to get you ready for the Texas race. And also, IMSA is going to be coming up next week. Um, we have F1 testing next week. So we, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. So we're really excited to bring that to you. Uh, but until then, uh, make sure you watch the races, or the race this week. Um, and go join the NASCAR Fantasy League. It's not too late. Uh, Slate is putting an ass whooping on us right now. Yeah. Um, so In all fairness, the- I did forget to set my lineup last week. Yeah. But we won't talk about the fact that I was already <laughs> down like 100 and some points anyway. So, so. But yeah, uh, go over there and join our Fantasy League. Um, Check out the other podcast. Uh, And other than that, that's all I got. So have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.